listening to Best Served Cold, a Born Millennials podcast. The Australian true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. Formerly Egypt's 36th most popular true crime podcast, hosted by Tama J and Laura Lease. Sit down, relax, grab a drink and enjoy this week's episode. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello, good welcome morning, back. Good morning, good evening and good just good in Afternoon. general. Why don't we After just cut that. the evening and morning out of good morning and evening just and just good. say good? Just have a good. Hey, good. No longer even asking people. I'm just going to go, hey, good. Hey, good. Just assuming that the polite societal niceties will force people to ask me. We're going into societal cl- lapses yeah, and collapses. Yeah, we won't get into that yet. So, yeah. Anyway, welcome to another week of Best Served Cold, the true crime podcast where we drink wine and talk about crime. I'm one of your amazing co-hosts and my anaconda don't want none because I'm actually kind of scared of snakes. <laughs> and I'm your other co-host, Tamator, now with nuts. Now with nuts. Now with nuts. That's new news for me. I'm pretty sure it was always served with nuts. <laughs> oh, but on. Anyway. Anyway, you can expect much more zingers like that throughout the show. If so you're new around here. If you're new around here. For those of you who are new around here, we'll just quickly run through our few housekeeping things at the start before we jump into. Actually, you know what? I'm going to quickly ask you first. How's your week been, Tama? It's been okay. We're trying to get back into the habit. We're trying of doing to get that. back. Yeah. It's been. Uh, it's been busy. Yes. It's been a lot of things on. Yes. And I'm excited to have a day off tomorrow. Very true. We're going thrifting. I'm very yes. excited. How's your week? It's been okay. I'm on a new work schedule. Uh, so I've just been working my new schedule and getting used to that. Yeah. And that's kind of it. Fantastic. It is fantastic. Thank you for saying that. You are welcome. You are. I nearly said you are welcome. And I was like, no, that's not right. Just say good. 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 That's our new thing. <laughs> good. Good. Oh, housekeeping. It's going to be Let's one of it. those one of those weeks, isn't it? Housekeeping. Housekeeping. So if you're new around here, you can follow us on social media, all things podcast, no, all things social, social. media. At the BSC podcast, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now on YouTube as well and also on TikTok. It is the same handle on everything for easy access, continuity, all that jazz. We worked very hard to get a fucking handle that just fit fit everything everything. and wasn't taken on one social media platform. Yeah. Yeah, it was very annoying. Yeah, very annoying. But anyway, the BSC podcast, you'll find us on everything um, I also forgot that I should be telling you all that we have merch and I was only reminded because someone bought our merch this week. We Thank actually you, have merch. Uh, Shout out to Dylan. The link is in our link tree, which is like in the bio of all our social media things. You can check that out and I'm going to be doing another release soon of new designs. So they should be available for everyone. Our last piece of housekeeping. Yes. Last piece of housekeeping. Yeah, the swearing? Yeah. Yes. Is if you are new around here, we like to tell people at the beginning of each episode. No, I'm not apparently. Okay. We like to tell people that we do tend to swear a lot in the show. So if you are someone who does not like the cusses, we would kindly request that you exit through the gift shop. Feel free to pick yourself up a souvenir, but please do not leave us a one-star review on Apple because you will make me cry. Yes. Please. Avoid the salty things. You're already too salty. Oh, I get it. I but like, t- see, I told you the zingers would be piling up today. Sure. We're going hard. Zingers, yeah. Wow. 
Whatever you need to tell okay. yourself to sleep. Anyway, uh, it is starting th- off today with you. Yeah, We're I feel like I'm case. absolutely forgetting housekeeping things, but that's fine. I do that's every okay. week. Just so merch, uh, follow us on Instagram and all those other things, and don't yell at us for swearing. Yeah. Oh, and uh, if you do like the show, give us a review. Spotify and Apple have both review options now, so do that. And that's it. That's All it. right, let's jump into it. So I have talked about my love of horror films and uh, thriller films and all things spooky many times on this show. Some of you may or may not know that I actually run another or co-host another show with one of my friends. We're on a little brief hiatus, but we're hoping to come back soon. It's called Little Show of Horrors. We basically just review horror films. Yeah. So I could not believe that one of my favorite horror movies of all time is actually very loosely based off a true story. So one of my favorite horror films is the movie Orphan, which ah, is yes. essentially a uh, young girl who pretends to be like 13 and gets herself adopted. This is allegedly based off two separate stories, but I'm going to be talking about the one that I had never heard of and is way more fucked up than the other one that was on um, Oprah or... What was it on? It was on like one of those talk shows. Doctor Doctor Phil, like Dr. Oprah. They said Doctor John. Doctor Doctor John. Yeah, I, I love that show. Love Doctor. <laughs> you ever see Doctor John? Anyway, so today the story I'm going to be talking about is another goddamn Russian one. So just bear with me on the names, okay? I'm trying my best. I also want to give a bit of a trigger warning for torture of children and cannibalism in this one. If that's not your thing, maybe just like skip ahead. 20 minutes because yeah so there's a few different kind of key players in this story so first off is clara and katarina morovova who were both born in slovakia they were sisters with clara being the eldest so from a young age both clara and katarina had struggled severely with depression and other mental health issues including schizophrenia both sisters believed that they had been put on earth for a god orientated or god ordained mission um they had like hallucinations that joan of arc was giving them like instructions that they were put on earth to have this like amazing purpose Mm. and so they were always kind of like planning these like grand schemes of how they were going to enact this god ordained life mission they've been given So at age 20, Clara goes off to university. She falls in love. She gets married and shortly after falls pregnant with her first son, Andre, Um, which I'm really hoping I'm pronouncing correctly because it's spelled O-N-D-R-E-J. I'm going to say Andre. I think it's Andrej. Andrej. I think. I'm I'm not too sure. say Andre because I can't pronounce the other name. Uh, despite her violent behavior, Clara would go on to have another child with this man who she named Jacob. And due to her mental health struggles, she was soon divorced from this man and living as a single mother. Despite her eccentric behavior, she was known as a good mother who loved her boys very much. She would often be out playing with them. And after a short while of living that single mom life, she decides to move in with her sister, Katerina, who I assume have some sort of aid with taking care of the boys, as well as only being about 23 at this age. She wants someone to be friends with. Yeah, of course, yeah. The two sisters um, who are both at university at this time befriend 
33-year-old Barbara Skovla, who is an award-winning classical composer. Barbara has a rare glandular disease, which I'm going to try so hard to pronounce, hypopituritism. Oh, oh, wow, you you actually kind of got it. I hope. That was impressive. Um, Basically, this makes her look much, much, much younger than she actually is. So she's 33, but she looks like she's around 12 or 13. Wow. And many people, in fact, have mistaken her for a child. She's prone to getting in trouble with the law and Barbara or Barbora. Barbora. Barbara. Barbara. Uh, (laughs) You're trying. If you say everything with a Russian accent, it sounds sounds Russian. Russian. Yeah. So she often poses a minor to avoid any sort of real consequences or charges being formally filed against her, allowing her to really kind of lean into her crime-loving personality. So believable is her appearance as a child that she manages to trick several families over the years into, quote, adopting her. I don't think it was in sort of any kind of... Formal, formal sense, but, sense yeah. but she like lived with them and they like took care of her and fed her and gotcha, including Clara and Katarina. Mm-hmm. So she befriends Clara and tells her tells them that her name is Anna and that she is a young girl and that she's escaped from a juvenile center where she was living, uh, where she had left due to being treated badly. Clara takes pity on what she thinks is the young girl and offers her a place in her home alongside Jacob, Andre, and Katarina. Now, I will say that that's kind of where sort of the resemblance to the movie finishes, but the story just gets worse. Right, so it's like a loose inspiration for a premise of the story, I guess. Yeah, so I guess the, the, the person of Barbara inspired the character in the movie Orphan, but mm-hmm. their particular story is way worse than the movie. So living with Clara and Katarina and Clara's two young sons, Barbara soon, I feel like I'm pronouncing her name wrong. I'm just going to call her Barb. Barb soon begins to resent Clara's sons and the attention that is lavished upon them. And she begins causing trouble and then blaming on the boys. Clara's anger anger towards her son intensifies as Barb's, uh, I guess, pranks, not necessarily pranks, but her... Juvenile behavior. Behavior around the house continues to get worse and gets them into more and more trouble. In the end, Clara, alongside her sister Katerina, turns to a man recommended to them by Barbara, who refers to himself as the doctor, for help and guidance in dealing with her naughty children. What Clara and Katerina didn't know that the doc- at the time was that the doctor was actually one of the leaders of a religious cult known as the Grail Movement. So, quick cliff notes on the Grail Movement. The German Grail Movement began prior to World War II, and fun fact, it was actually banned by Hitler when he came into power. So, oh. you know, something's not good if it's... No, if, if he finds a problem with it. Yeah. Although he also found a problem with Jewish people and they didn't do anything wrong, so maybe that's not a great example. Well, yeah, I think maybe anything Hitler does is kind of not really deemed uh, of sound mind. So the founder of the Grail Movement and their self-proclaimed messiah, Oskar Ernst Bernhardt, lived in... See, why can I say German names so easily? So he lived in Austria and purchased a large piece of land that he had planned to turn into a compound for his followers. He called his religion the Grail Movement and published a book titled In the Light of Truth, which basically explained all of their beliefs. The Grail Movement cult's beliefs are a mix of Christianity and New Age with a little lovely dash of violence thrown in. Fantastic. Even though the cult 
isn't extremely widespread, its followers are very devout and have made headlines for things like treating women as slaves and cannibalizing one of their own children. Interesting. Okay. So Jiri Adam, leader of a Grail movement sect in uh, Czechia, was arrested in 2008 for treating some of his female followers like slaves. The women were forced to build a house out of bricks and pave a road on his property. They were treated poorly and punished with teeny tiny food rations for anything that he deemed as them acting out. One of the women even died while working and she was secretly buried in a corner of the compound and the workers believed that he had healing powers. What did you do? So the doctor is this sort of region's cult leader. And he's also allegedly, he did go missing after this, so he's also allegedly Barbara's biological father. Oh. Although it's kind of one of those things where a bunch of different sources mention it. But yeah, it could have just been, it's just a rumour at this stage. Yeah. So after originally being introduced to these sisters under the guise of helping Clara's supposedly wayward sons, he manages to convince both sisters that they can gain access to heaven by joining his group and following his ways. And this is sort of where it really plays into their obvious already established mental health issues, their beliefs that they were born with this weird God-ordained mission. So they become members of the Grail movement and start to receive orders via, quote, the doctor through text messages, often encouraging them to commit violent acts. They were convinced that their mission had finally arrived and that the girl, Anna, who it's really unclear if at any stage they realised she wasn't Anna and wasn't a 13-year-old girl. Right. Um, But she believes that this girl has been sent as basically like fate, to come into their lives, enlighten them, and lead them on this God-ordained mission that they've always thought they had. Okay. So Barb then suggests to the sisters, who are essentially completely brainwashed at this stage, to lock Andre and Jacob in tiny cages in their basement and proceed to brutally torture them over the course of almost a year. The two boys are stripped naked and locked in two tiny iron cages with no blankets or beddings. They are starved, tortured, beaten, and sexually assaulted. And in addition, they're burned with cigarettes, given electric shocks, uh, scratched with forks, whipped, and almost drowned multiple times by Clara and Katerina. They're also handcuffed to tables and forced to stand in their own waist for days. And if they were sick, they were made to eat it. Oh, God. So, obviously, Barbara is a sociopath. Yes. Oh, psychopath. And the excitement of this initial torture and mutilation kind of begins to wear off and she wants more. She constantly keeps on Clara and Katerina to do what the doctor suggests and practice cannibalism. So it's soon decided that they would force feed the boys to make them gain weight after essentially starving them for nearly a year. And after gaining some weight, they hold the boys down, um, one of the boys, and skin his leg. Uh. They then eat the raw flesh. They do the same to Jacob and then even force the boys to eat their own flesh. That's... Yeah. Yeah. So this horrific torture continues on for some time until May 7th, 2007. So Clara had installed a television system via a like surveillance baby monitor so that she could watch what the boys were doing as well as watch the abuse happen from like a different room. 
On May 7th, a neighbour is installing her own baby monitor for her newborn and is attempting to get the frequency correct. The monitor in the neighbour's property accidentally picks up and this is one of those like crazy... Instances, Imagine if this hadn't happened a moment. As she's trying to tune like the monitor that you would take into another room to the monitor that stays in the baby's room, she accidentally picks up the feed from the monitor, which just so happens to be the same brand from the house next door. Wow. So she's horrified when she realizes that she's watching a young boy who is naked, bound and obviously beaten and left on the floor through this baby monitor. She immediately calls the police. Of course. Yeah. They arrive on scene and they find Clara and Katerina upstairs. When they descend into the basement, they find Jacob and Andre locked in the cages and a young girl, Annika, sitting on the floor hysterically crying. Jacob, Andre and Annika are released and taken to a children's home while Clara and Katerina are arrested. However, before the police realise that they have been duped, 12-year-old Annika does not exist. She flees the children's home. Before police get a chance to arrest her, she uh, Barb flees to Norway, where she takes up a new identity as a 13-year-old boy called Adam. So she shaves her head, starts binding her chest, um, and is again taken in by another children's home who enroll Adam in school. School principal Ingrid Erickson later said of Adam's behaviour, we did react to Adam's behaviour, but it's not easy to know children at that age can be so different. In mid-December, however, Adam, or Barbara, decides to run away and disappears from the Oslo Children's Home, prompting police, obviously a missing 13-year-old boy, to to launch a nationwide search for this boy and publish photographs in the newspaper and the media Uh. on January 4th of this missing, quote, child. Tips then lead them to find Barbara in the Arctic city of Tromso. So by this stage, Clara and Katerina have turned on each other as well as Barbara. And Clara claims that she's been brainwashed by a doctor who sent her text messages instructing her what abuse and torture to inflict on her sons. Police later discovered that the phone number of the so-called doctor actually belonged to Katerina. Interesting. Her sister. So there was a real doctor, but then her sister and I assume Barb have intercepted and just started like taking over and sending Clara messages to like wow. torture her own children. That's the level of thought that goes into that mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Barbara also attempts to claim her own innocence by announcing herself as another one of their victims, but her reports are thankfully not believed. Mm-hmm. According to prosecutors, the purpose of the torture of the young boys was to try and break them to enslave them for religious purposes. While the three women were a part of the Grail movement, they had actually been attempting to create their own kind of subcult, one that called for members to prove their devotion through physical devotion. Of course. The three women are tried and eventually found guilty, with Clara being sentenced to nine years in prison. Katerina is sentenced to ten years in prison, and Barb Skrolova was sentenced to five years in prison, and they have all since been paroled and released. And as of today, I cannot really find out what happened to any of them or the boys. I hope that they're living nice lives. Yeah. Uh, But yeah. How do you like? How do you go on after that? Like, that's yeah. such a difficult thing to go through. Not only your own 
parental figures tormenting you and torturing you, but going through their brainwashing as a cult as well. Yeah. That's such a horrendous thing to go through. Horrible. Russia goes hard. Mm. Oh, yeah. They got some weird ones. That's almost like worse than the actual movie as well. Well, yeah, I think the sense. actual like events of what happened is definitely worse than the movie. Um, but it's very interesting that there's like multiple cases of people being older and pretending to be a kid. Yeah, weird. Crazy to think that that's actually a thing. That like that in that sense of that aspect of pretending to be a child, fooling the system, fooling families into adopting you is a real thing that actually happened. Yeah. That's insane. Like multiple times. Like multiple times. Yeah. In different countries. Wild. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for that case, Laura. You're very welcome. Thank you specifically. We're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to be getting into my case. Welcome back. How was how was the break for you, Laura? It was it was amazing. Yeah. I didn't do anything because we don't really take a break. Okay, I don't know just, how these started. Like, why did we start taking breaks? Because we think never just actually to have a drink break. Have to go to the bathroom if we need to do it. Oh yeah, I did have a do. sip of tea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's we just a need lie. like a little reset. And it's good for you guys listening too because we go from one to the other. You know, have, you have some soothing elevator music exactly, in the middle. Yeah. yeah, it's great for everyone. Anyway, right. look, so this Karma, this case up. came to me, as some often do, by a TikTok that I was watching. Ooh. And it is so fascinating the level of just decline it goes into. So, Laura. Yes. You're familiar with MTV. Yes. You remember a show called Pimp My Ride. Um, do I, it was one of my favorite. I yeah. fucking love Pimp My Ride how, how good so was much. It? it was one Mainly of Mainly because it was like, why do you need seven 16 inch pla- yeah. plasma screen TVs why do you need a in fish your tank car? A- why would anyone need that? No. But it, but it was so fucking amazing yeah. of a show. It was, like it was one of the best. Poor people it? are not going to be able to afford to no. upkeep these cars. So for you, for, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, Pimp My Ride is an American TV series made by MTV and was hosted by the rapper Exhibit, which is, I love Exhibit as well, by the way, great rapper. It ran on MTV for about six seasons with 73 episodes from 2004 to 2007. Oh, and the premise. so bad now. Yeah. Well, I mean, we can. For each episode, uh, it featured a young adult who had a, a car that maybe was banged up. It was uh, set in the early 2000s. So the cars were usually from like the 80s or early 90s. They're like these banged up like Civics and, new, and you know, uh, Buicks that just had a lot of issues with them. So Exhibit would meet up with this person, they'd look, look at the car, they'd bring it into their workshop and the guys there would completely fix it and pimp it out, add some crazy shit to the vehicle that suited their personality. Um, for example, one guy who was supposedly a sweet tooth, liked candy. He had a cotton candy machine built into the boot of the car. Because, like, like, as you do. 
there was a guy who was obsessed with the video game Need for Speed Underground, um, and he had his car painted to look like one of the uh, specially customized in the Need for Speed video game series. A bowler had a ball spinner installed in his trunk. A badminton player had a badminton net installed in the back of his Dodge Caravan. And a surfer got a clothes dryer in the back of his Volkswagen Type 2. So the restoration and the customization were done by West Coast Customs in Corona, California. This was for the first four seasons of the show. And then for seasons five and six, it was Galpin Autosports or Gas. Can I just quickly say the uh, level of cookedness in those things? Like one of them, oh, you like sweets? We're going to give you... A cotton candy machine. Yeah. Oh, you like a movie? We're going to make the replica. And then the other one's like, oh, you're a surfer? Oh, we'll give Here's you something a fucking air u- useful. Yeah. Like everyone yeah. else got stupid things and the surfer's like, oh, yeah, we'll give you we'll give you something that's Yeah, some episodes they're, they're like, we have nothing. We, we're we're, we're going to make gonna it look like fucking yeah. Furious movie. So obviously this show went fucking gangbusters. Like everyone knows. You just mention Pimp My Ride. Everyone knows what it is. It's like saying Kanye West. Everyone knows who Kanye mm-hmm. West is. It got so big they had a few spinoffs, including Pimp My Ride UK, Pimp My Ride Baltic, Pimp My Car in Indonesia, and there was even a Pimp My Room in the Netherlands, and MTV in Brazil did Pimp My Feed, where influencers helped other influencers get maximum follow accounts. There were video games, and there's one I actually even remember playing back in the day. I um, borrowed, I got from Civic Video, which is basically like Blockbuster, I guess. For Australia. Yeah. Um, even though we had Blockbuster as well. And uh, Video Easy. Yeah. And Video Easy. That was the shit. So I, I, I remember playing one of these games and it was fucking frustrating because you had to compete with other people. Um, anyway, that's a tangent for another story, another time. So with most reality TV ser- series, uh, it's safe to assume that for the most part, some of it's going to be scripted. Uh, that's a given with anything you know, reality. There's not all, all going to be... What? <laughs> reality what? TV shows aren't real? I know, right? It's crazy. So, although Pimp My Ride didn't seem too outrageously scripted, the people did seem real, the cars looked real, and the reactions seemed very genuine too. So, I want to take a look at some in particular people on the show because some of them would actually come out years later and reveal... The reality of this reality TV show. So one person who was featured on the show was a 22-year-old film student called Brooke Seagal. In the show, Brooke, uh, they showed her apartment. They showed her car, her story. She's a film student looking to, you know, get into school um, and, and, you know, work in the industry. They're in LA. And what they did for her is they pimped her car out and everything. They built a projector in the back of her car that she could take anywhere, right? Because why would you not want that? In reality, Brooke was not a film student. She was actually a 25-year-old cocktail waitress and the entire film student storyline was entirely fabricated by the producers of the show. Right. Even the apartment that they found her in, when they go to her apartment, it's not hers. The producers rented that out because it better fitted their storyline for the film student. They even filmed 10 different iterations of her reaction to seeing her car for the first time. So, you know, okay. all stuff like that, like, it, yeah. you know, whatever. It's a, it's a reality TV show. Like, it's, 
essentially what I'm saying is none of it is real. Yeah. <laughs> so she had to act stoked on porn seeing her car because while none of this is real, like it's all completely fabricated, the cars and the people are completely real. So the she's problems, like, what the fuck am I going to do with this projector? The problems with their cars were legit. They were their actual cars, right? So Brooke has to act st- like stunned and like, oh my God, wow, this car is amazing. But in reality, she was fucking mortified with the final result. And I implore you to watch the episode because the car is horrendous. The color scheme is fucked up. Okay. She dubs it as Barbie's dream car from hell. And it is so accurately accurate. Okay. Definitely watch it. Another person on the show, Seth Martino, who for the purposes of this explanation, I'm going to say he was he is a plus-sized man, had the producers conduct a storyline of Seth being a candy fanatic with chocolate and candy lying around the floor and seats of the car half open so he could eat it later because literally... Just he's a plus size person, so haha, fat. Haha, we're fat phobic. When yeah. was the oh, yeah, the early 2000s, early 2000s yeah. was so fat phobic, man. So on Reddit, Seth actually said, and quote, I know I'm fat, but they went the extra mile to make me look extra fat by telling the world that I kept candy all over my seat and floor just in case I got hungry, then gave me a cotton candy machine in my trunk. Another person was Jake Glacier who had his 80s Buick pimped out. His reaction apparently wasn't up to scratch with the crew, and Glacier actually told the Huffington Post that one of the West Coast Customs crew, Big Dane, who was featured on the show, walked him around the the showroom for a few minutes and implored him about how much work actually went into the fit and that he should be more grateful for the work they put in. Right. Now, the way I explained that is a, an eloquent way of me explaining what happened. Ah. What really happened... A lot of swearing. A and- lot of swearing, a lot of threatening. Right. Anyway, the most fucked up part of this is the producers encouraged Jake to break up with his girlfriend, Amy, because it would make for better TV having a loser driving a beat-up car after he had just been broken up with. L- yes. What he couldn't have just pretended to break up. He they were like, no, you actually. They were have like, to you need to her. break up with your girl to make this storyline work. You need to be a fucking loser who got broken up with, who has a shit car. We're going to transform your life around. With a okay, yeah, yeah. with a car you basically can't use. <laughs> so, in the interest of upgrades, upgrades, people, upgrades, to make this all even worse, several of the features, the and the upgrades in these cars had to be removed before they could even drive them away. (laughs) So this was either because they simply weren't road legal to drive with or they took out fundamental components of the car to to showcase them. They're like, it's got no engine, but but there's a fucking popcorn machine in the front, man. There's no engine, but you want to chill your beers? You can't drive it, but have you seen how much spaghetti you can fit in this bad boy? You can't drive it, but it'll cut your fucking hair for you. So, look, uh, one example of this was the cotton candy machine, right? So, in Seth's boot, he had the cotton candy machine, and the cotton candy machine has no lid, rendering it completely useless. (laughs) (laughs) So, there were also these winged doors, like, you know, like with uh, the 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 Batman doors. Yeah, so there were those 
uh, installed in the back seats of the car, they had to be removed because the pistons that pushed them open couldn't be installed while the seat belts were installed. Right, okay. So it's pretty important stuff. You couldn't have seatbelts in the back seat. Another was a champagne bar was installed into a car, which is literally a drink driving legal issue in itself. It had to be removed, obviously. This was because the if the car or the owner were to get into a DUI incident uh, with that car, the workshop would be in tremendous legal trouble and would be completely held responsible. Fair enough. So, okay, you might be wondering, okay, why didn't these guys just, you know, sell their cars off and, you know, immediately tell everybody about NDAs, what bro, everything? Yeah. NDAs. Yeah. In their contract, uh, they it would look terrible for the producers of the show if these guys who uh, supposedly have been getting the car of their dreams were selling them on eBay the next day. Mm. So, in their contracts, they had to sign, they had to agree to never sell their car ever. Period. Never. Never. They could never sell the car. They had to keep that car forever. They were not allowed to sell it. Wow. Period. So, uh, for some people like um, like Seagal, she actually found a loophole through the DMV. She gifted her car to her husband and then, and then he, then sold, he sold the yeah. car. And they got a uh, whopping $7,000 and $500 Seven thousand and five hundred dollars from which you mean like what two thousand? It's pretty good for a car from the eighties. It's not bad. Like that's okay. All right. So okay, they're flipping these cars with new parts, features. You know what about actual mechanical issues like Mm. the engine fucking up, the timing belt, the the brake pads, anything like that? So West Coast Customs straight up fucking skipped anything that could not be visualized on the show. Opting for just literally what you can see showcased. Right. So this meant, for example, uh, if a dude had a, had, a, had a coffin-shaped barbecue built into his hearse, but if his engine was making a guttural noise... Yeah, sorry, none for Gretchen Wiener. Wow. This led to many, and I mean many, of the cars on the show either not starting or stalling out on the drive back to the workshop. It got so bad... MTV literally had a flatbed tow truck on call at all times just for this issue. Wow. Seth, who I mentioned before, actually spent around $1,700 of his own money to replace the engine after the show had aired. So for Jake's car, his, uh, his muffler needed to be replaced. However, West Coast Customs instead installed a fake exhaust and explained that that was the reason the, the car was rumbling so much. It's this fat new exhaust we put on your car. How cool does it sound? Okay. So the show was not only shitty for the people coming on the show, but behind the scenes, things weren't much better. Mauricio Hernandez was an employee at West Coast Customs. He explained that while working there for his five years in West Coast Customs, he routinely worked 60 to 70 hour weeks with no overtime pay and no benefits while making below minimum wage. Yeah, doesn't surprise me. So here's the tea. West Coast Customs often hired undocumented employees, much like um, uh, Mauricio, as they were easy to exploit and they did not have the option to report these issues as they were employed either legally or they entered the country illegally. Yeah. 
So moving forward to 2014, the United States Department of Labor found that West Coast Customs had violated the Fair Labor Standards Acts. They did this by not correctly documenting hours employees worked, coercing unpaid overtime, paying below minimum wage, and falsely classifying their on-site long-time employees as independent contractors. Oof. That's a big one. All of which are profoundly illegal. The founder of West Coast Customs, Ryan Friedinghau, leaving uh, the court out of legal proceedings altogether, agreed to pay uh, $157,592... How do I say this? (laughs) (laughs) $157,592 in back wages. There we go. Well done. That's my thing. Your thing is is long words mine's long numbers no yours is just numbers in general true you or you routinely mix up like, like 17,000 and, yeah. and 1700 so this was a uh, hundred and fifty seven thousand five hundred ninety two dollars in back wages to employees and sixteen thousand eight hundred and thirty dollars in fines the uh ryan frighten house is a genuine piece of shit he's a legit piece of shit uh, if there's anything to take away from this, it's that he, this douchebag, exploited vulnerable people for manual labor and actually bragged about it on ENT Scoop when he was asked about what makes a good West Coast Customs employee. He said the two best qualities for a West Coast um, Customs employee were A, working unscheduled overtime, and B, doing whatever we ask you them to. Love that. You can go fuck yourself. Okay, so you know how I said... This gets dramatically worse as the case goes on. Oh, yeah, okay. So, check this out. Bruce Bearford Redmond was the co-creator and executive producer for Pimp My Ride, as well as being the producer for Survivor. Fun fact. Okay. He attended Pascack Hills High School, where he befriended Pimp My Ride co-creator Rick Hurwitz. In April of 1999, Bruce married Brazilian-born Monica Burgos. Together, they had two children. Monica was the owner of the popular Zambuba bar in, and restaurant in Los Angeles. And in April of 2010, Bruce, along with his wife and their two children, traveled to the Moon Palace in Cancun, Mexico, for a holiday-slash-celebration of um, her birthday. On... April 8th, 2010, Monica was found dead. She had been strangled and her body dumped in a sewer near the Moon Palace Resort. Later on that day, Bruce was detained and questioned by police, though he was later released, on the condition that he did not leave Mexico while police were investigating his wife's murder. And to do this, they held his passport. However, instead of doing this, Bruce hops the border illegally back to the US with his children and takes a train back to LA, all while having his passport confiscated. Two young British tourists staying at the hotel that the family was staying at reported to police that they heard the couple arguing in their room on April 4th. This, topped with scratches found on Bruce's hands and neck, were enough for Mexico to issue an arrest warrant for Bruce on the 31st of May in 2010. He was then extradited back to Mexico to stand trial for the murder of his wife. So, on March 12, 2015, Bruce was convicted of murdering his wife and sentenced to 12 years in prison. From November 2014, he had been incarcerated in jail in Cancun before and after the sentencing. 
he hadn't seen his children, I think up until 2015, he hadn't seen his children in five years. Wow. A long time. And in a video diary made during his incarceration, Bruce had actually claimed that much of the evidence against him was reportedly contaminated in police custody. Uh, The amounts of blood that were found in the hotel room where the family stayed in didn't belong to Monica per DNA testing. And as of um, September 2019, he was released from prison after only serving seven and a half years out of 12. Huh. So it's kind of... So do we like not think it was him? Well, it's kind of ambivalent because it's in a country... It's in a different country. So it's already going to be hard to sort of get the full facts. But also there's kind of iffy iffiness about it. Yeah. That makes sense. It's... You put the evidence of like them having an argument and him having scratches on himself and... And the fact that it's always the husband... And his wife is found dead from uh, asphyxiation. Yes. However, the evidence that was collected against him, he claims, is contaminated. Right. And there isn't a lot to sort of go into, to read into it. He is released now, as of 2019. Yeah. But how fucking crazy is that? So, not only do you have, like... This entirely fabricated stories made by Pimp My Ride mm. um, <laughs> creators, but the actual cars themselves were oh, unusable, was. had to have several of the features taken out, and the co-creator is arrested for fucking murdering his wife. Yeah, that's a cursed shit. See, and you thought there wasn't going to be a murder in this case, people. There was a murder. We after always all. find a way. To always sneak, find a murder. Sneak into murder. Yeah, which is kind of the you know, reason I cover this case because there is a murder in it somewhat, unsolved. I guess. I guess you could kind say. Kind of. Yeah. Hung I mean, I'm going to say it's him. Yeah. It's always the fucking husband. Yeah. I mean, look, if you're sadistic enough to have a show run like that. Yeah. It's always the goddamn husband. Yeah. Every time anyway that's the story of pimp my ride fascinating that it was that yeah like really bad like forcing people contestants isn't the right word but contestants on the show to like reenact excitement under like pressure from people who weren't even like or when they've been like here's your car you can't fucking drive it yeah there's a pinball machine some people couldn't fucking start the car and leave they had to get it towed back to their house and then they're like okay you deal with it oh my god that's that's so bad and they're not being able to sell it it's a show where you're fixing people's cars and you're making them worse the whole point was that like they had things like my engine cuts out and they're like yeah no worries bro we'll fix that you're a poor person no worries bro let's do it is it bad that I still really want to watch it, though? I don't know. Because, I mean... It holds such a nostalgic place in my heart. Look, I, I'm going to say this. I'm not going to say exactly what, we, what we're what we going to do. However, the way that we consume, would consume that, they would not get any money out of it. Right. If that makes sense. Well, I mean, we don't have MTV anyway, so... No. But we're not going to buy anything. Yeah. Any DVDs or whatever. We're going to, hmm. let's say... Let's um, not admit to anything on no. a recording. Uh, yeah, so if anyone is listening, <laughs> um, 
who can legally affect us, we're going to not watch the show, period. Yes. Wink. Exactly. Wink, wink, wink. Nudge, wink. Nudge. Anyway. Anyway. That's the end of the serious part of the portion. Yes. Serious. Serious part, part of the portion. <sighs> serious part of the episode. I don't know what's wrong with me. Serious episode of the episode. And yeah, and then we're going to start the, the portion of the episode where we just talk shit for a little yeah. bit. So if you're here just for the cases, thank you for coming around. Please leave through the gift shop. Grab yourself an inflatable shark. Um, give us five stars on Please. the on the review things if you did like the show. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Hey. If you're here to hear us talk shit and slowly lose our saddeny. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to we the show have, after the show. Just to start this off, we have a blanket on our little, we have like a little love seat in the corner of our living room area, uh, which is dubbed Peach's seat because she loves, she loves our cat Peach and she loves, loves that seat. Getting covered up. We have a blanket on there that we haven't removed because she's just in love with it. She's like her mum. She does not fare well in the winter. She'll just like she sleep. She feels the cold. She'll get cuddled up in that blanket and sleep all day. She has been sleeping there literally all, all day. All day, yeah. She woke up for a brief dinner break. Probably to piss every now and then. She had some cuddles. Yeah. She's super cuddly during winter. I know. It's very yeah. cute. Um. So, yeah. I uh, wanted to give a quick shout out because I did already, but quick shout out to Dylan. For buying two of our shirts. Props to you, man. Woo! Um, we're going to buy ourselves a $10 bottle of wine to celebrate. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Works out to Appreciate be like... Appreciate that. Yeah. I don't know. We get like a small cut of it. Like I was saying to you, though, it's like a drop shipping company. Yeah. So f- for me to just like design it and then put it up and not really have to do anything, you know, I'm not complaining. And you guys get merch. So everyone wins. Yeah. I'm sure like eventually maybe we'll do... Like a, I guess, depending on how things go, like maybe a real. I mean, it's real. Thing. No, but I mean, like, and apparently that- it's good quality. One of our um, lovely listeners, Jen, bought a t-shirt a okay. while ago, and I think she said the quality is really good. Great, and it's only just starting to like fade a little bit now. Okay. So, yeah, no complaints from me. Fantastic. But all the designs, I did them all myself. Yes, Laura did do. She's a graphic designer. Graphic designer. Yeah. An artiste. She's a creative person. And I have cat hair stuck on my leg. She's very good. What's been happening in your life, Laura? Um, honestly, not much. Hey, mm. we lead very boring lives these days. We've kind of just been like... Just living. no thoughts, just vibes. Yeah, because I don't think we've had time to just like, you know, exist. No. You know what I mean? Like just work, come home, like enjoy each other's time. It was literally the other day someone said to me, the three most stressful experiences in a, like an everyday human's life is death, changing jobs and moving houses. And we had all of that. We had, we both went through all three of those in like the space of two months. Yeah. So I must say we have earned the right to just vibe. Yeah. Just to, just to live life. No thoughts, exactly. just vibes. Yeah. And I got to say, I've really been enjoying just like, you know, living. 
enjoying yeah. things. I'm, I am keen to get back into more creative stuff, definitely for sure. But I, do, I think I genuinely needed like a couple weeks just to be like, you know what, to go and work, come home, go do things. Do you know what? As much as like sometimes I really feel like I should delete TikTok off my phone, every now and then I get a few videos that will like pop up. And I saw this video the other day that was talking about how it was really quite beautiful. The uh, voiceover, I guess, was talking about how the meaning of life is to simply enjoy the passing of time. That's a fair point, yeah. And I thought that was so beautiful because I feel like, especially for us at the start of this year and now it's fucking May and I'm like, yeah. how in the dick what? did it get to May? Um like, I don't know. I feel like we're, you're always like constantly waiting for something. Like at the start yeah. of the year, we were waiting to move house and then, you know, everything with your pop happened. So we were like waiting for the funeral to happen and then mm. we were waiting for you to get a new job and then we were waiting for me to change my job and then we were waiting for my parents' house to sell and now it's kind of like, I'm kind of kicking myself because as much as like, you know, you obviously have to give yourself a bit of grace with like, it's very easy to look back in hindsight and be like, oh, mm. you should have enjoyed that time. But I like, it's May. Yeah, I know. And I feel like I yeah. have not enjoyed, like, I feel like I haven't stopped to like, just enjoy the passing of time and be yeah. like, wow. Yeah. Like life is a bit hard at the moment, but like what beautiful day the sun is shining like do you know what i mean it sounds really cliched and bullshit when you say that but literally nearly half of the year has gone yeah no i get that it's it's definitely i feel like that is a great point because i think it's either you're not realizing time is passing or you're like waiting perhaps, for something and like or you're not waiting for time to pass you're not wishing time will pass but also just you're enjoying things as they're happening yeah as they're coming you're taking you're making the most out of what you're getting from them which is why i'm trying especially because i feel especially for the two of us like my birthday is coming up at the end of june and then you've got your bucks at Mm -hmm. the start of july i've got my oh not start but like the mid july i've got mine at the end of july and then we're getting married at the end of august and it's like if we're not careful, you, we'll be so excited and so just like, oh my God, I can't wait for those things to come. And then you'll be like, oh, and it's September. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So that is my focus for the next few weeks because I now you've well and truly settled into your new job. Yeah. And I was going to say like, I think just on that as well, like us settling into our new sort of work lifestyle I feel like we're really just enjoying life and the and the the cycle, yeah. the, the 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 planning and the structure of that. Like I, I for the first time in like what five years, five six <laughs> years, feel comfortable in a workplace. Yeah, and feel more stable in my, in my mental health because I've found like a workplace that's like. One, like... Ironically full of mentally unstable people. But also, like, genuinely enjoyable job. Yeah. And, like, 
I have people that I work with who I... And everyone's so nice. They're literally like some of my best friends now. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's so good to go into a workplace and not have to feel like, who am I going to be today? Or yeah. what face am I going to wear today? Which is like, as you know, and I'm in a new team at work, but like, that's always been my problem working in like a corporate For sure. environment. Or I'm like, I don't in general. fit in here. And I'm sure like, oh, I'm not being like a pick me girl. Like I'm sure lots of people feel like they don't fit in, in corporate environments. Yeah. But genuinely, sometimes I'll say things and people look at me like I'm a, like a zoo animal and I'm yeah. like... Well, even just um, saying to some people like I run a true crime podcast, they're like, oh, you like that kind of stuff? And it's like, this isn't my yeah. environment. I, and, it, and I know exactly what you mean because it's like, I think a lot of people want to feel like they're isolated in society or they feel like they're the main character or they feel like they're the odd one out. But genuinely, I think people, for the most part, can thrive in a corporate environment. Yeah. But you, you and I aren't. I'm not built We're for not it. those people. I'm we really aren't not. corporate people. We aren't nine to five grind kind of people. We're sporadic. We're fucking energetic. We're chaos. We can't do that. Yes. We are just pure chaos. chaos. Is <laughs> Which is like, I fucking love it. Yeah. And that's why I really love my job now because it's fucking chaotic and it's it's different it's sporadic and i can work my life not only around it but with it and that's something that i've found has really benefited my because i feel like it always especially for the two of us trying to pursue creative endeavors as our careers it makes it so much easier when again you're not wishing your life away being like oh i just wish I was successful enough at this endeavor so I could quit. Because you're like, well, I mean, like, yeah, like best case scenario, would love to be able to quit and just work. But in the meantime, I'm actually kind of I want to enjoy the time I have. Which is what we both have found this year, which neither of us have had for a very, very long time. Yeah. Which I think is going to contribute greatly to just being able to actually like, again, enjoy the passing of time and Mm. be like, would I, like, is there a part of me that would like to fast forward to five years time when like we're rich and like whatever, like yeah. you're doing music, I'm doing acting, we're doing the podcast, like, like doing for all that sure. stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm now content to just go with the flow a bit more. Like I don't feel like I'm constantly being like, fuck, I just yeah, don't want to get to this Like I stage. just want to skip to the next bit. Yeah. Like I'm kind of okay it's like for now, just knowing that it's going to happen. Which is a nice feeling. Yeah. It's an odd feeling. But the, the time you spend from now to then is genuinely going to be enjoyable. And you just want to experience that yeah. period, like before you even get to your next stage. Which for both of us, you know, you stuck it out at a place you really didn't like for five years. Yeah. But... You know, I'm too fucking ADHD for that. So I've hopped around. How many jobs have I had in the past five years? They've all been in insurance. But how many different companies have I worked at? Five, five six, six yeah. seven, maybe. Who knows? Who's counting? And I hated all of them because at the end of the day, it was like that. I just couldn't find that level of contentedness mm. that allowed me to just be like, okay, I'm, I'm good. I'm good doing this in yeah. the meantime. And I think it's different for, for everybody because just the the whole 
enigma of being a human being or just the essence of being a human being in general is that we're all different and how we process things and deal with things and exist. But Mm. I think the general idea is like if, if something's not necessarily working out or something's not really enjoyable, if you're not doing something to enjoy the time you have on earth, it's like, then I mean, for, I mean, at least for us, we have yeah. the mentality of, well, fucking why are you doing it? Do you want to hear a very interesting thing that I, again, I saw on TikTok the other day? Yes. That was talking about how human beings view time very differently. That's a, that's a, that's a point. So if you had a meeting that was scheduled at like 12 p.m. lunchtime yeah. and you got an email saying, can we um, move the meeting forward two hours would you say say the meeting is now at 10 a.m or 2 p.m 10 a.m yeah see because i would say 2 p.m okay why would you say that moving it forward because i think forward is going forward would it not be forward in the schedule so forward in no i would think forward in time because i would because that's just it's also just the terminology like can we move can we move the the meeting back two hours Yes, because see, then I so would, you think would it's say it's 10, 10 a.m. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Fascinating. So apparently, if you said 2 p.m., you view yourself as moving through time. Yeah. But if you say 10 a.m., you view time as moving through you. Okay, I can't even begin to comprehend that. Yeah, it's just very interesting because yeah. reading the comments as well, everyone's being like, how the, the fuck would you think it was 2 p.m.? And then other people are being like, how the fuck would you think it's yeah. 10 a.m.? Well, just because like, yeah, I think like, can we move the meeting forward? I would assume that would just mean, can we bring the meeting closer to now? And pushing something back, I would imagine is pushing that further from now. If that makes sense. If you said push it back. Because that's, well, then how else would you phrase it? You said it differently when you said it the first time. Move it, move the meaning back? Yes. Yeah. I would just imagine that's like moving it further away. See, because to me, the difference is in the move and the push. Right. Because when you say, can we move it Maybe it's not so much a a, a, a time thing, but it's a terminology thing. Maybe. It's very interesting though. Because... It also made me think of the other day when we were waiting for our takeaway lunch. Same room, but I was quite comfortable in a jumper and you were like spitting. Sweating, yeah. Like so overheating. And we were in standing next to each other in the exact same room. It's not like you just come back from a run or something. Like we'd walked to the takeaway together. Even things like that like blow my mind. Like how can two humans be in the exact same room but experience it in And you know what so different. I reckon the answer for that is fucking fascinating. It has to be something like... Yeah, how is it that humans can feel temperature differently? Yeah, when but it's it all has to be heritage-based and and ancestral-based for sure. It has to be, surely. Just the different but climates just, and yeah, different wild. parts of the world. It has to be some something to do with that. But yeah, things like that, I find it absolutely fascinating. Yeah. Um, here's a fun fact. Yes, I love fun facts. So... Just to sort of fill everybody in, my current job now, I work with 
uh, people and their pets. And yeah, don't say where you work. That could I, I'm not going to say where I work, but I work with people and their pets. And uh, a person who uh, brought their dog in, they were Māori, um, which is the indigenous people of New Zealand, which is what I am, which is why, where my name comes from. Um, came in and I said, "Oh, cool. That's that's cool. Like I'm Māori as well. Like my name's Tama." The lady said, "Wow, uh, my dog's name is Tama." So cute. So you know, shouts out to the dog named Tama. You're a fucking cool dog. And it also means something in Japanese. In Japanese, it? it's a very popular name to give a cat because I think it 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 means like jewel, like a sphere. Cute. Like I think it's kind of the equivalent of calling your cat like diamond or right or like a gem or speaking jewel. of cat yeah she's out, doing like that she, cute thing the thing where they cover their faces with the paws it's the cutest it's thing ever cute. it kills me every time yeah i love them so much this Little is why i don't get when people say they don't like cats yeah. i understand having a preference for being sure like oh i like cats but i'm more of a dog person that's yeah. me like i like dogs but i'm more of a cat I person think in terms of owning an animal i would rather own a cat because I think from my so low maintenance. Well, comparison. I think from my mental capacity, I think I just need something that can just legitimately just look after itself. Yeah, we just like. Well, I mean, they can't look after. Uh, themselves. You know what I mean? Like compared but, yeah, to a, like we just a like fucking, these like weird little ships in the night that yeah. just like coexist. But I also think like because you can tell, especially oh, you can tell with all of them with all three of our cats, that they love us. I have never doubted that for a second. The way they act towards us, it just blows my mind that we can't verbally communicate with each other on like a deep level. But you can understand each other. But like we kind of get each other and love each other and I don't know. It's just... Well, that's the thing. This got very philosophical. No, but I think definitely working with animals, I have realized that in people and their, their animals. I can like meet someone and meet their pet and completely understand the dynamic between the two. Mm. Not only due to like, because people want to blame a lot of things on like breeds and, and whatnot. And sure that is a thing, but people forget like temperament and personality are definitely derivatives of the owners. 100%. 100%. It could just I've... be the way they're born. Absolutely. But yeah, like I've always had cats yeah growing up and our cats have always been incredibly cuddly loving cuddly affectionate like loves to be around you does like weird little quirky funny things i'm like that can't be a coincidence that we just happened to get but every cat that you've met that has been like running away or doesn't like people hisses at one someone because they're coming too close Generally speaking, they're a cat that spends 80% of their time during the day outside. Or they have trauma, past trauma. For sure. Trauma is a big trigger, but I'm talking mostly just a house cat. That yeah, that are bored. just like left to their... I don't get people that... Just leave them out all day? Yeah. Bring them it's in. Like, why, what are you doing? Why have a pet? Yeah. Like people who... And like no shade if you're listening and you and you do this. Like, you know, live yeah. your bliss. But it's I just, just it's, don't it's get just it. Like of, why get a dog and then be like, no, they, yeah. they live outside. They never come in the house. But why the fuck did you get a dog for then? For the most part, people who have had cats like that and they've been like, oh, man, the cat's an arsehole or like, you know, cats are arseholes. It's like you've only ever interacted with cats where the family has owned a dog 
and the cat spends most of its time outdoors because they don't want to deal with the cat. Yeah, being and the poor cat is just ignored. So it's yeah. like, all right, fuck so you it's like, then. Okay, well, why, it hasn't have any interaction with human beings. It doesn't have, have any affection. Doesn't yeah. get petted. Doesn't really like, of get fed it properly. Yeah, it's like, of course, that cat's going to be standoffish or just at the very least not give two fucks about humans. Yeah. And you want to blame them on the cat? It's not the cat. It's the people looking after the cat. Mm. And it's just such a simple thing to fix. Love your fucking pet. Or don't buy a pet you can't love. Yeah. Yes. It's really as simple as that. Don't buy a pet you can't love. Exactly. I like that. We should get that made into bumper stickers. That that, that will be our new shirt. Don't buy a pet you can't love. Yeah. Hmm. All right, well... We just burned through a bunch of topics and my throat hurts now after talking. Um, We're going to wrap it up there. Laura, where can they find us? You can find us on all things social media at the BSC podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts on any of the topics that we have discussed this evening. Yes. Um, I don't know. Tell us, if have you ever had an asshole cat? Or pet that was oh, yeah. just an asshole for no reason. Yeah, let, let us Maybe, know your asshole cat story. You know, story. put egg on our face. Maybe you did have a cat that you tried to shower in affection and it just yeah. wasn't having a bar of it. Ship us an egg and we'll put it on our face for you personally. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think that's all I've code word for today. Egg. S- egg. Code word is egg. Egg. With the egg emoji. Yep. And yeah, that's kind of it. Yeah, I think that's kind of it, guys. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We will see you guys next week. And as Laura said, if if you are digging these kind of cases we're getting into, because they are a bit different, if you are digging them, let us know. Let us know. Please give us some feedback because this show, as much as it is for us, is for you guys as well. And we we love you. We love you all genuinely. We have nothing but love for you. Nothing but love for you. Unless you don't love us, then. Then we. Then it's kind of awkward. No love for then we, you. Then we like like you guys, and you guys just like us, and then we'll not talk to each other for two months, and sort of just you know walk past each other and hey hey. I'm not singing that. That got too long. Um. Anyway. Anyway. We'll see you next week. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> uh, bye. bye. Non-progression wiener.